0: Good morning, and welcome to Christ Central Online. My name is Owen. I get to serve as one of the pastors here. For the past several months, we've been in a sermon series called The Works of God, and we've been considering the great and marvelous works of our God. In the first part of the series, we talked about the past works of God, the works that God has done in the past. And in the second part of this series, we talked about the present works of God, the works that God is doing right now at the present time in this period of human history between the resurrection of Jesus and the return of Jesus. And in the third and final part of this series, we've been considering the future works of God, the works that God will do when Christ comes again. And today, we will finally conclude this sermon series, and the last sermon in this series is called, God Will Return to Restore the World. So if you have your Bibles, turn with me uh, to the book of Revelation, chapter 21, and we're going to read from verse 1 to 7. Revelation 21, verses 1 to 7. People of God, this is the word of our God. Please give it your careful attention. amen. For the last time, here are the three questions for us today. First, what will God do? Second, uh, what does that reveal about God? And third, what difference should that make? First question, what will God do? Jesus Christ, God the Son, will return one day. Jesus will come again. We call this the second coming of Christ. Now the Bible teaches the return of Jesus. Um, The Bible teaches about the return of Jesus in many places, and let me just give you a few examples. In John chapter 14, Jesus said this In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and, and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself that you may be with me also. In Philippians chapter 3, it says this, But our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body by the power that enables him even to subject all things to himself. And in 1 John chapter 3, it says this, Beloved, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet appeared, but we know that when he appears, we shall be like him because we shall see him as he is. The Bible is clear. Christ will come again. Christ will return. We wait for the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now last week we talked, uh, we began to talk about what Jesus will do when he returns. The Bible tells us that Jesus will do two things when He comes again. He will judge the world, and He will restore the world. And last Sunday, we talked about how Jesus would judge the world. Today we'll talk about how Jesus will restore the world. The Bible tells us that when Jesus returns that He will restore the world, or or another way of putting it is that when Jesus returns, he will usher in the new heaven and the new earth. Our text today talks about the new heaven and the new earth. And I want to help you, I want to bring your attention to notice three things that our text teaches us today about the new heaven and the new earth. First, the new heaven and the new earth is the renewal of heaven and earth. Verse 1 says this, I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. The passing away of the first heaven and the first earth does not mean that they will be replaced. God is not going to destroy this current world and replace it with a brand new heaven and a brand new earth. No, rather God is going to renew and restore the current heaven and the current earth. You see, the new heaven will be the first heaven renewed and restored. The the, the new earth will be the first earth renewed and restored. You see, as Christians, we talk about uh, looking forward to heaven. According to our text, the heaven that we're looking forward to is not up there somewhere beyond the clouds or in another world altogether. The heaven that we are looking forward to is this very world that we're living in right now but not as it is currently. You see, when Jesus comes again, he will transform and renew and restore this world. And this world will be so gloriously and beautifully renewed that the Bible calls it a new heaven and a new earth. You see, all the ugly effects and evidences of sin and corruption will be gone forever. Sin ruined and corrupted this world, but Jesus will renew and restore this world, and he will make this world the world that it was always meant to be. You see, friends, we are not the only ones that are looking forward to our resurrection. Creation itself is looking forward to its resurrection, to its freedom from, the, from its bondage to decay and to its cosmic renewal. Just as our present bodies will be gloriously resurrected in the future, so this present world will be gloriously renewed in the future as well. Second, I want you to notice also what will be no more in the new heaven and the new earth. Verse 1 says, and the sea was no more. In the Old Testament and in other parts of the book of Revelation, the sea is a metaphor for darkness and chaos and, and disorder and evil. What that means is that there will be no more darkness and chaos and order and, dece- uh, and, and evil in the new heaven and the new earth. Can you imagine a world without all the effects of sin, evil, and death? Well, you should. Because that is the kind of world that Jesus is going to bring one day. A new world without chaos, without disorder, without darkness, without evil, and without sin. Verse 4 also tells us of other things that will be no more in the new heaven and the new earth. It says this, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning or crying or pain anymore for the former things have passed away. see all the things that make us cry, all the things that make us angry, all the things that make us afraid, all those things will be no more in the new heaven and the new earth. There will be no more racism, no more hatred, no more injustices, no more sickness, no more coronavirus, no more cancer, and no more death. And there will be no more sin, no more sin in me, no more sin in other people, and no more sin in the world. You see, all the things that breaks our hearts, all the things that makes our blood boil, all the things that make us want to scream, all the things that make us want to cry, all those things will be no more. Third, most importantly, I want you to notice what will be more in the new heaven, and the new earth. Verse 3 says this, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them and they will be his people and God himself will be with them as their God. What will be more in heaven? There will be more of God in heaven for God will be there in his glorious fullness. You see, what makes The new heaven and the new earth so glorious is not the absence of bad things, but rather the presence of God himself. What makes the new heaven and the new earth so wonderful is not that there will be no more suffering, but the God who suffered for us will be there, and we will be with him. Right now, we have God by faith but there we will have God by sight. Right now, we have God in part, but there we will have God in fullness. You see, friends, this is what makes the new heaven and the new earth so awesome and so glorious. Not only the absence of the things that make us sad and mad, but more importantly, the presence of God himself who will make our hearts glad, truly, Fully and eternally glad second question so what does this reveal about God let me just highlight three things that I think our text reveals about God first it reveals that God will finish what he began we have to go back to the very beginning of the story when God created the world God created it good and perfect But then soon after, sin entered into the world and sin ruined and corrupted the world. But God, in his grace and love, promised to redeem and restore the world so that sin, corruption, and death would not have the final word. And God began to keep that amazing promise by sending his son Jesus into the world. And when Jesus came the first time, he came to redeem the world by dying on a cross for sins and by rising from the dead. At his first coming, Jesus redeemed the world from the guilt and power of sin, but he did not restore the world from the effects of sin. Jesus will do that at his second coming. He will finish what he started at his first coming. You see, friends, Jesus will come to restore the world, and he will remove all the effects of sin altogether. In other words, what Jesus began at his first coming, Jesus will complete and finish at his second coming. Jesus will bring the new heaven and the new earth so that the very purpose of our creation might be fulfilled that God might dwell with his people forever in that place where there is no more sin, sorrow, or sadness. Second, it also reveals that God will heal his people. Verse 5 says, God himself will wipe away every tear from their eyes. In this life, we have and we will experience deep pain and suffering, we'll ex- We will experience things that make us sad, things that make us mad. And our sadness and our anger are really the longings of our heart, isn't it? For justices, for injustices to be made right and for broken things to be fixed. You see, your sadness and your anger is really your heart saying, this is not right. This is not the way it's supposed to be. This is not the way it should be. You see, there will be unfair and unjust and even evil things done to us. People will say and do things to us that will hurt us, even break us. And there will be sufferings and wounds from which we may never fully be healed in this life, things that will permanently scar us and change us in ways from which we can never recover. You see, in this life, we may never experience full healing. And you may feel like you've been ruined or damaged by either your own sins or by the sins of others done to you, and you may never, and you feel like you'll never be the same again. And you may carry with you lifelong regrets over things you did or things you failed to do. But our text tells us today that when we see God, God himself will wipe away every tear from our eyes every wound every pain every suffering every injustice every hurt that you have ever endured every regret that you have ever had God himself will heal you now I don't know how God would do that but I know that he will God is able to heal us in ways that we think we can never be healed as the song goes Earth has no sorrow that heaven can't heal. Earth has no sorrow that God cannot heal. Amen. Third, it reveals that God loves his people and longs to be with his people. In verse 2, the imagery of a bride adorned and prepared for her husband is used to describe the relationship between God and his people. We are the bride of Christ, and on the last day, we will be adorned and presented as a beautiful bride to Christ on his wedding day. Now, let's take a moment to to reflect on how powerful and moving that imagery really is. You know, I will never forget the day when Margaret was adorned in her beautiful white wedding dress, and when she was presented to me as my bride on my wedding day. I still remember the excitement, the joy, and the giddiness in my heart as I stood at the front of the sanctuary and as I watched her being walked down the aisle by her father. And I remember the thrilling joy when her hand was placed into mine and she was given to me as my bride on my wedding day. The day that I looked forward to most and waited for most in my entire life was my wedding day the day when Margaret was going to be given to me as my bride. And the night that I looked forward to and waited for most in my entire life was our wedding night, our first night together as husband and wife. As much as a husband loves his bride and waits for his wedding day, so Christ loves us and longs and waits to be with us. You see, friends, the essence of heaven is this. Christ will be there, and we will be with Christ. As the saying goes, heaven is only heaven because Christ is there. If Christ were not in heaven, heaven would not be heaven. If Christ were in hell, hell would be heaven, because wherever Christ is, tis heaven there. The ultimate gift of the gospel is not the new heaven and the new earth. The ultimate gift of the gospel is not forgiveness of sins and sanctification as good as they are. The ultimate gift of the gospel is not even a resurrected and glorified body as good as that is. You see, the ultimate good of the gospel is Christ himself. The gospel is this. We get Christ. We get to dwell with Christ forever in the new heaven and the new earth. You see, friends, This is why Christ came, why he died, why he rose again, so that he might redeem us, so that he might have us, so that we might belong to him forever and ever in the new heaven and the new earth. You see, friends, this is heaven, that we will get to be with Christ forever, and we will know deep in our hearts, once and for all, just how much he loves us, how much he sings over us, and how much he delights over us. Christ loves and delights in us the way a husband loves and delights in his bride on his wedding day. You know, it is true that we wait for the day when we can be with Christ. But do you realize that Christ, our husband, our husband, is waiting too he waits for us the way a man waits for his bride on his wedding day I know this may sound crazy but it's true Christ loves us and waits for us more than we love him and wait for him that is how much Jesus loves us and longs to be with us forever in the new heaven and the new earth third and last question What difference should this make? Let me offer three applications for you today. First, we should work. We should work to do good deeds. Deeds that love, serve, and restore people and places. You see, such deeds serve as signs of the coming kingdom, of what the world uh, is to come is going to be like. You see, when we do deeds that heal and restore people and things, we're giving glimpses, we're giving pictures of what the new heaven and the new earth will be to the watching world. Therefore, whatever will not be in the new heaven and the new earth, those are the things that we work against now. So for example, there will be no hunger in the new heaven and the new earth. Therefore, we work against hunger now so that we can give to the watching world a glimpse of what it's like, of what the new heaven and the new earth is like, a world without hunger. There will be no human trafficking in the new heaven and the new earth. Therefore, we are to work against human trafficking now so that we can give the watching world a glimpse of the coming world, a world without human trafficking. And in recent days, it's become painfully obvious that there is still so much racism and systemic racial injustice against black people in our nation. But there will be no more racism and no more racial injustice against black people in the new heaven and the new earth. Therefore, we are to work against racism and racial injustice against black people right now. And we are to give to the watching world a glimpse of what is to come a world without racism, a world without racial injustice. You see, friends, redeemed people, like all redeemed people in heaven, redeemed black people will be honored and treated with dignity in heaven. Therefore, we are to honor them and to treat them with dignity in of how black people will be treated by Christ himself in heaven. You see, by our good and loving deeds that restore people and places, we preach to the world of what the coming world is going to be like. So with our good words, we proclaim, we preach the coming kingdom. And with our good deeds, we demonstrate to the world. We give glimpses to the world of the kind of kingdom that is to come. Second, we should worship To worship God means to commune with God and to enjoy God. To worship God means to behold his glory and beauty in the face of Jesus Christ and then to revel in it, to admire it, to glory in it, to exult in it, and to bask in it. You see, friends, the heart of heaven will be dwelling with God and worshiping God. And guess what? You don't have to wait until you're in heaven to start worshiping God. You can start worshiping God right now by faith. Through both public and private worship services and through communion and fellowship with the people of God, we get to worship and commune with God in this life. Heaven at its heart is about communing with Christ and we can do that now. By faith, as we read and meditate on His Word, as we pray to Christ, as we sing to Christ, as we obey and follow Christ, as we serve Christ, we get to commune with Christ right now. And that is a foretaste of what we'll be doing for all eternity in the new heaven and the new earth. And third and lastly, we should wait. We should eagerly wait. We're the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. This world as it is in its brokenness and sin will not last forever. The world will be renewed and restored when Christ comes again. Christ will return and when he comes again, he will make all things new and all things right. Christ will make this world into the world that it was always meant to be. Everything that breaks our hearts, everything that makes us angry, Everything that makes us afraid, all those things will be no more. The day is coming when there will be no more coronavirus to fear, no more racial injustice to protest, and no more cancer to fight. Lamont English is a black pastor and is a friend of mine, and he recently shared these words. For those who are dealing with the brokenness of this fallen world, exemplified in the outright murder of George Floyd, find your comfort in the fact that Jesus hears. Jesus knows. He groans with his black brothers and sisters, and he will return to resurrect black bodies destroyed by racism and oppression to the dignity and honor he created them in and for. I love that. Christ will return to resurrect black bodies to the dignity and honor he created them in and for. What is denied now will be declared in heaven above. That black bodies are glorious and honorable and beautiful. I want to end my sermon with this story about Maria. I've told you about Maria before. She was married to my friend, Pastor Daniel Chong. In her early 30s, Maria was uh, diagnosed with uh, breast cancer, and for the entirety of her marriage to Pastor Daniel, she fought cancer. Toward the end of her life, as her body was weakened from the cancer and from the cancer treatments, uh, it was too hard Uh, for maria to physically uh, to be a church so one sunday i went to maria and pastor daniel's house along with some people from our church Uh, we wanted to do a small worship service with and for maria so we sang a few hymns some of her favorite hymns I, i preached the sermon and then we even had communion together and after communion as her pastor i prayed for her and i prayed for healing. And as I prayed over Maria, I prayed, I remember, Father, we pray that you would heal Maria, and I know that you will heal her. Uh, Pastor Daniel told me that he remembers thinking, uh, as I prayed, what is Pastor Owen doing? What's he talking about? How does he know that God will heal her? Why is he giving her false hope? And then I continued to pray. I know that you will heal her, If not today, then on the last day. If not in this life, then in the life to come. If not today, on the day of her resurrection. If not in this world, in the new heaven and the new earth. God, I know you will heal her. Maria passed away on March 21, 2011. God chose not to heal Maria on that day or in this life. But God Will heal her on the last day when Christ comes again and he will give her a new, resurrected, and perfect body that can never, ever get sick or die again. God will raise Maria's body on the last day and it will be reunited with her spirit that is alive right now and living and rejoicing in the presence of her Savior Jesus Christ. Christ Central. Let's wait with hope for the glorious day when Jesus will come again. When he returns, he will make all things new and all things right. When he comes, we shall see him as he is and we shall be made like him and we will live with him forever in the new heaven and the new earth. Friends, this is our glorious hope. Amen. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, we long to see you and to be made like you and to be with you in that place where you will wipe away every tear and where there will be no more sin, no more sorrow, no more suffering, and no more death. So today we cry out, Maranatha. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. Come quickly, for we are waiting for you. Amen.